I could have given myself because the one lesson I learned from creating a nonprofit from scratch and having to create a board of directors and file paperwork, the internal revenue service and do all this like on my own was that you kind of learn how to be fearless. And that's something you can't teach someone how to be fearless. Cause I think we all have that inner voice in us where it's like, I don't know. I don't think I should take all of the, you know, all of the work on this. I don't think it's a good idea. I'm going to fail. No one believes in me. And that voice gets louder and louder and louder. And so you just go, it's going to be easier just not to try. You know, that's the easiest thing for people to do. But when you do something like that, because you're so motivated by the idea of wanting to make good in the world and change in the world, you learn to be fearless. And to this day, there are a million decisions I have to make every single day. And it's done without hesitation. And it's done with complete ownership of that idea and that decision. And I will own it if it works and I will own it if it fails. But I don't, again, take it personally because it's something that I at least owned and I understood and I believed in. The, the NFL stands for not for long. Second down and goal from just inside the two. Backs offset. Sharga and Armstead. Rollout. Walker. Still running out. Looks to the left. Wide open. Thompson touchdown. Colin Thompson with the touchdown. There was nobody within 20 yards. What of a catch off the bobble. Colin Thompson scoops it up. Lofting quarter of the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. The first NFL touch for Colin Thompson is a score. Too many words I left to say. So they get left behind. Welcome back to another episode of Not For Long Media. I am your host, Colin Thompson. I am rolling solo tonight. Justin could not make this episode, so I'll be rolling solo. We'll be doing this, Justin, but before we get to it, we're talking episode 16, lifestyle expert, Danny Seo. This past week, they're celebrating eight years of Naturally Danny Seo, the magazine, the TV show, and the lifestyle brand that's in over 4,000 stores. So, Danny, we thank you so much for coming on. Danny is a super successful entrepreneur. He's won an Emmy. He started a foundation at 12 years old called Earth 2000. Uh, he parlayed that uh, to getting on the Oprah show as an 18-year-old and just has a wonderful story that he shares with that on the podcast. And he, he really had some strong messages of inspiration about living in the moment and being fearless. And all transparency, guys, Danny and my brother are, are dating. So Dan, I've gotten to know Danny over the last three years that they've been together. He's such a wonderful human being, such a wonderful person. We are so thankful to have him in our family. And Dan, I cannot thank you enough for joining our show. Dan is, is, is an unreal entrepreneur, a better person, and has some just great words of wisdom that just hit the nail on the head. And I, I couldn't agree with more when it comes to being an entrepreneur and setting goals and live, being fearless and being in the moment. So. Danny CEO, episode 16, lifestyle expert. You guys have definitely seen his TV show on NBC. If you haven't, go check it out. Um, magazines, uh, tons of product, like I said, in over 4,000 stores. So, Danny, thank you so much for coming on. Before we get to this Justin segment, I want to talk about Cape May Brewing Company. They're open every day, 12 to 7 p.m., located 10 minutes from Cape May, right off the New Jersey Parkway uh, near the Cape, Cape May Airport. They're celebrating 10 years of brewing. Um, and they, they have an awesome 10 beer series that could be sampled at the boutique, uh, at the bar, at the brewery. You could take a self-guided tour. 
uh, 10 years. It's, it's a really impressive what they've done. It's, it's become a compound out there just 10 minutes away from downtown K-May, like I said, right near the K-May airport. They have beer for everyone, sweet to IPA to lager. Uh, and the nice thing is, if you check out their website, they have a beer finder on it. So if you're anywhere in eastern Pennsylvania, all of New Jersey and Delaware, you could find a locus, local distributor that sells the product. Um, and, and you can shop online as well for any of their awesome apparel, from t-shirts to koozies to glassware. They have a fantastic website. And I love their calendar where you could see what events that their beer is going to be sampled at in Philly or in Harrisburg or in Jersey or Delaware, like I said, they're all over. So you can really get a really good grasp of where you can take your family over the weekend to sample some beers or take your dog out, uh, you know, to the campus of Cape May Brewing Company, what they have, because it's so expansive out there. They have a ton of room. The picnic tables are set up outside. The bar's now open inside. So Cape May Brewing Company, we appreciate your support here at Not For Long Media a fantastic business that we're proud to be associated with. So this just in segment, I'm doing it on my own today. So wish me luck. Here we go. Cameron Kingley, the United States Naval Academy team captain and class president who spent mini camp with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had his request to delay his commission in order to play in the NFL denied acting secretary of the Navy, Thomas W. Harker denied Kingley's request. And according to Divine Sports Entertainment, the Navy is also denying Kingley the ability to appeal this decision. That's from CBS Sports. So that was the news that broke today that I thought we wanted to start the show off with. And I've heard a few different things from a few different people, and I'm going to get into that to a second, but it's, it's really unique, the obligation that the people from the services that play sports are under, right? You are have the opportunity on the, let's go sports first, to play football at Navy or Air Force or Army at very high levels and play against really good football players, play against really good football programs that have a lot of players going to the next level and making money to do so. Obviously, a part of being a part of a service academy, you have an obligation to your country. You have an obligation to your brothers, your sisters, those people that are on that campus with you that are going off and representing your country on a, uh, on a, on a stage that we can't thank you enough for. Where the rubber meets the road here with me is why is his career being stunted now? This is an undrafted player, which means you went after the draft. For those that don't understand that, he signed with the Tampa Bay Bucks and was at their mini camp after the draft, just like I was with the New York Giants. So he may or may not have got a signing bonus. If he did, it was very small. That's how mine was. Um, so, again, what my, what my take on all this is, why is it being stunted? Why is it stopping now? What is the rush? Why can he not continue to go? Why can't the Navy find a way to make this work? This isn't someone who was a poor student at the academy or a poor representation at the academy, a team captain, a class president 
And now he goes to the Super Bowl champions and he's representing Navy on one of the largest, if not the largest scale in the NFL, has a chance to make the team. And from some people I talked to, he wasn't going to make the team at all. Uh, he had an up and down senior year, whatever it may be. It doesn't even matter. He was given the opportunity by the Tampa Bay Bucky, Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champion champions to compete on the national stage, to go through a, a proper offseason, to go through minicamp, to go through preseason and have a shot to make that football team, make that practice squad to represent himself, represent the United States, represent the United States Naval Academy at the highest level, an ambassador that a lot of people have done before. Now there's the big names, right? There's the big names that have represented Navy and other services on the highest of levels, right? And that's David Robinson. That's Roger Stallback. So, right, I'm not saying he, he is that, but what I'm saying is the opportunity should be granted to him, and it's a shame it's not. Obviously, there's maybe some things that we don't know, but there's four other service industry teams that have players in the NFL. Excuse me, there's four players in the NFL that are from service industry teams. So why can they not do it? And, and that's something that's very frustrating to me as a Navy fan, again, there's always more to the story. Uh, I'm going to read a few things from, from a few people that I texted right away when I heard the news. This is from a Navy graduate. It appears he was trying to get out of his obligation to serve rather than to accept his commission. Many times in the past, the military made exceptions for athletes to go pro, assigns them duties that work with their pro schedule. So uh, let, let me finish the quote. They don't just say your education was free and there's no obligation. So Again, they signed him a duty so he could do both. My thought was, listen, this won't count as your four-year obligation to the Naval Academy, to our country, but you need to work on base. You can work with the football team as a volunteer. You can train in the facilities. You still need to keep up with all the Navy obligations, but we're going to keep delaying as long as you want to, as long as you're working on base, doing things. And then when that's done and your career comes to an end, then you can do your four years of time because this is my fifth year of pro football. Last year was my fourth year, and that was my first year in the NFL. So I was not an NFL-ready product coming out. I thought it was, but I wasn't. So it took some time. And it's a shame that this student, an elite student at an elite university in our country, wasn't given that same amount of time. And they, they couldn't find a way. This is from a college football source. Wow. To be honest, with you, I'm surprised that this does not come up more with Army, Navy, and Air Force. Um, there's good quality players that come out in the service academies, and I'm surprised we don't hear about this issue more. And this is from a formal, uh, former Navy student. They were He was just really blown away at the pure fact that he wasn't given this opportunity, called it dumb. Um, so there, there's a bunch of good articles on this that detail a few different things, but I wanted to get this off my chest and talk about it because I'm a big Navy football fan. My uncle is a fighter pilot in Navy for 20 plus years. He was a commander and I love Annapolis, Maryland. I loved playing uh, the midshipmen at Navy and it's a place near and dear to my heart. So it's very frustrating in that sense that as a Navy fan, Navy supporter, that someone couldn't go and continue to do what they do and do what they love and something that I'm able to do. Again, you still have to do, do you go do your four-year obligation to the academy in this country. But 
delay it as much as possible. Give him the opportunity and give him the choice because, again, this is someone who deserves that choice. They, they, they killed it. They did a great job at Navy, and, and I wish him nothing but the best, uh, Cameron, and, and hopefully something good will come out of this. Before we get to the next thing, guys, I want to talk about Wealth Advisory Services. If you don't know them, you should. They provide a customized approach to managing all levels of wealth, almost 100 years of experience amongst their team in financial planning. I got to know Paul and Dave in particular very well, two great men that live locally in Doylestown, Bucks County, two men that I've been able to work with, uh, obtain knowledge with, have sounding boards, conversations with on a weekly basis, monthly basis. I probably talk to them more than most of their clients, but hey, that's a relationship I have with them. And, and I'm really lucky uh, to be able to work with such a great business in my hometown, Doylestown, Bucks County. Check them out. They're right across from the courthouse there. Live life on your terms. Wealth Advisory Services has an experience you can trust. Check them out at wealthadvisoryservices.com. Again, my contacts there, Paul and Dave, let them, know, let them know I sent you. Follow them on social media. They do a great job getting information out. That'd be great for you to hear wealthadvisoryservices.com. So moving on from the Navy situation there, we're going to talk about Nick Saban. Three years added to the eight years total left on his contract. That's going to keep him at, at Alabama through February 28th, 2029, a total of $70 million over those, over those couple of years. So he signed another extension. He has five years left on his current contract. He signed a three-year deal. Um, he's entering his 15th season. He's won six out of the last 12 NCAA titles. My only question with all this is, okay, it's somewhat news. It's not really news. But why isn't this a lifetime contract? Like, here's the pen, Nick. Whatever you want, sign it. Right? I'm sure it is, and that's kind of what it is. And I get that. He could do whatever he wants at Bama. Be, ambassador, be an ambassador, the Steve Sperrier role at Florida forever. Whatever he wants to do, he can do it. Um, but let's make this a lifetime contract for Nick. Let's stop extending him every year and just, you know, just sign him through whatever he wants. Um, because what they put on the field, the product is fantastic. And I'm going to just, again, I, he recruited me in high school. We spoke once on the phone. I'll never forget it. He asked me to Skype. Um, and it was our one conversation we had and that was it. And, and the situation at the time wasn't right for me there. They had a ton of tight ends. Um, Florida had was very thin at the position at the time. And, and, and there's a lot of other reasons, but just off the top of my head and publicly, that's one of the reasons why I ended up going a different direction and going to Florida. But I, I, I'm going to speak on the players that I play with from Alabama. Every single one of them has so much respect for the guy, love for the guy. I have never heard one bad word about Nick Saban from the players that I have played with over the years. And I've played with quite a few. So um, he's a player's coach of what I heard. He takes care of the guys. He treats you like a pro. He he teaches you how to become a pro, which which Coach Rule was is and was unbelievable at when I was at Temple. And all the guys that he's played for have all been good guys that have been able to meet. And it's funny when you ask them, you know, where'd you go to school? And they say Alabama, everyone's head turns around in the room and look like, wow, what was that like? What was Coach Saban like? What was winning? Six out of the last 12 national championships they have won um they put world-class pros across the stage in the first round that you saw a ton this year you see them every year but you see late round picks you see undrafted guys i've been able to play with all good men um and and it's been it's been a quite the experience that i have played with again i'm speaking for the people that i have played with and, and it's been it's been great so congrats to coach saban i guess in the three-year deal he already had five years left on his deal so whatever he's doing 
Uh, he's doing it right. His agent's a happy man. Another 70 million for coach. They deserve every penny, uh, especially, you know, in college, man. He is grinding. He is recruiting. They win a national title. He's on the phone that night calling recruits. So congrats to the coach. I've never met coach in person. I'm looking forward to meeting him and picking his brain when I can. And I can't say enough about the players that he's, that he, you know, raised in his system. Um, and I, I can't say enough about uh, watching from afar how much I have respect for it. People hate on that. People used to hate on the Patriots and people hate on Tom Brady and, you see less and less of it now, but you're starting to see a little bit more respect. I think people should just give respect instead of hate, but hey, that's what sports are for. That's what pays the bills and to each his own. Before we move on to the next topic, we're going to talk about the original Fudge Kitchen celebrating, celebrating 50 years of business. It's unreal. 50 years. And I always joke, we're going to make it 50 years in this podcast. I hope so. I really do. They're a staple of the Jersey Shore. Everyone who goes to Jersey Shore knows the original Fudge Kitchen. They're, but really, across the country, because they can ship fudge across the country, send that fudge to your relatives, hook someone up for their birthday, the holidays, Father's Day's coming up in a few weeks, or just because you're a good friend. I, I can't tell you how many times I just send a box every once in a while for someone, you know, doing something for me or, you know, just reaching out a family friend or somebody over the years, the months that I've kind of lost contact with, I send them a box of fudge just to rekindle touch base with, thank them for some of the things that, you know, I, I, they've done for me or whatever that may be help a friend out the original fudge kitchen, fudgekitchens.com for more detail details. That's fudgekitchens.com for more details. They ship across the country folks. And then all those people that are Jersey shore junkies that are heading down there this summer, make sure you buy some original fudge kitchen. So it's gay pride month folks. And as you guys know, it's something that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, the L G B T Q plus community. I want to give a shout out uh, to something that Sydney and I talked about over the weekend and just the overall acceptance, the overall, I should say this, the public relations department of, of the, of, of all these huge businesses, American airline changes their logo on Twitter to, to the, to the rainbow theme, all the four major sports do the premier league, uh, did a, does a fantastic job. Every time you flip the premier league game on, you're going to see the rainbow flag. You're going to see the support for the LGBTQ plus community. So I'm going to give a shout out to everyone that's going all in on this. It's really about conversation, education, inclusion, um, understand and now there's a better forum than ever uh, for that to happen which has been so nice um i've touched on this before someone who who has a family member who is a proud gay man and i'm so proud to have that as our family it's been an unbelievable thing it's been something that i never talked about publicly and then i was on an interview this year in february and i, I started talking more about it and how much of a a pleasure it's been to see another side of the world and for you to meet new people and to open your mind and to share the love. You know, I talked about it last week. Like I'm going to say it again, people got to cut this shit out of hate. It's just got to stop. It needs to be an organizational buy-in of our country that just hate needs to stop. Let people stay in their own lane and do what they want to do. Great, but don't turn, turn turn a blind eye to it. You know, have conversations about it that make you uncomfortable. Educate yourself. Get involved. You know, it's it's a shame that that's the world we live in today. There's a lot of hate. It needs to stop. So it's Gay Pride Month, something that's, again, near and dear to my heart here. 
and our family and not for long media. So, um, again, we're, we're, it's really cool to see and scroll through Twitter, which I spent a lot of my social media time on and just see the support, the openness, you know, the NHL's tweeting hockey is for everybody. And all the guys in warmups have all their, you know, their, their, their sticks taped the rainbow flag on it. So I, I think it's, it's great. The NHL, the NFL, the MLB, the NBA, great. It's one thing to change a logo, but to really embrace again, educate conversation, inclusion, understand it's all good stuff. The form, you know, today has been better than it was yesterday when it comes to stuff like this. There's more conversation had. There's conversation in our locker room had about it. I have teammates on the team that have, you know, gay brothers and sisters, coaches that have gay brothers and sisters. And we get to have these awesome conversations in these really accepting forums that I wish everyone could have. And I challenge people to do more of that because that's what makes a locker room so special. That That's what makes our locker room so special in Carolina. And I'm, I'm honored and, and proud to be a part of this organization and, and, and really just truly best to be a part of it. So uh, that does it for this just in segment. I did a little solo run. We talked a little Nick Saban. We talked a little bit about the LGBTQ plus community. We talked about uh, a Navy player uh, getting denied to continue his pro career, which I just am dumbfounded by how, there's a way to make that work. It's not like they're sacrificing their time. Um, and, and, and they're still, if, if you go on Cameron Kingley, his, uh, his Twitter, he did does an unbelievable job articulating how passionate he is to serve this country when he's running, when his time is ready. But right now I don't blame him. Um, he, he, he's a little upset that he wasn't given the opportunity to go play professional sports. So um, a great ambassador, again, team captain and class president. Well, that do it. Uh, that will do it for me, guys. I um, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate everyone's support. We've added a, a, a ton of, of new followers and friends and supporters, and the people in our Panthers building are starting to listen now, which is really cool for me. And and uh, just it's it's been a passion project of mine, and, and I love doing it. And I love uh, our, our new conversations. I love the new version of Not for Long Media. Check out our website. We're really working hard on that to make that a better place and more inclusive. Our social media pages. Shout out to our team. They do a great job. Esty, AB, um, Justin, and Dion. We have a team of, of five of us total making this thing work. We all have full-time jobs, and and they just do a fantastic job making me sound okay. I, excuse me, I am okay. They make me sound great. And, uh, you know, I, it, it's it's been so much fun. So thanks to you, them. And then, you know, big thanks to Danny CO. Again, episode 16, lifestyle expert Danny CO. Thank you to our sponsors, KMA Brewing Company, Wealth Advisory Services, and the original Fudge Kitchen. And uh, we're going to send it over to naturally Danny CEO. Keep bounding. We are honored to have. The great Danny CEO, naturally Danny CEO, lifestyle expert, joining Not For Long Media. Danny, how you doing today? I'm good, Colin. Don't be shy. Show um, copies of my magazine that you carry around with you. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm uh, middle of recording. I don't want to get up. But okay. yeah, Danny has um, a beautiful magazine that are scattered throughout our homes um, and uh, acquired a new magazine company, correct, in Rue? Mm-hmm. Very good. Correct. Tell us, tell us about Rue, Dan. 
it's, it's, it was our first acquisition that we did last fall. Um, I call it sort of a COVID opportunity, but uh, it's probably one of the biggest digital platforms for design enthusiasts and decorators and designers in the home space, basically. Um, and so we acquired it and I just sort of put my little Midas touch on it. And we've got a brand new magazine, a new book coming out next spring with Random House, new products. Um, it's been a lot of fun sort of incubating and taking the reins of an existing brand that's 10 years old and just giving it a good polish. And when you're talking about giving it a good polish and making it pop and, you know, put the Danny CO touch on it. Where do your eyes draw to first? Is it a cover? Is it the materials inside? Is it the branding of it? Is it the marketing? No, it's the people who work on it. So for me, probably one of the most um, integral parts of looking at a brand like that is you have to think is like, why was it successful for so long? And it's nothing's ever really by chance. And so for me, there's a, a woman by the name of Kelly Lamb, who was the editor in chief for seven years. And you know, as part of the acquisition, I made it my first thing that I ever did was I made her a co-principal or as a co-owner, um, promote her to editorial director, but also just made her like a, an equal peer financially, um, editorially, uh, as a friend, um, so that in a way she could have more ownership and say, and really, truly um, take on more responsibility, but also reap all the rewards when it is successful. Well, we're... Uh seeing the rewards and, and the benefits of having you on because we're celebrating a little bit today. Eight years, naturally, Danny CEO came out today. Uh, you tweeted that. That's big news. I know. Time flies by. Um, it, it was originally a concept that it was just a kind of just a random thought one morning, I thought on a Saturday. It's like, why not start a new magazine? And who knew that during those eight years, it would become you know, a network television show on NBC. It's a line of products sold in thousands of stores. It's, um, I think we have three books that have come out of the magazine, um, thousands of pages of editorial, but also, you know, I, when you look at the statistics, the one that's most interesting is a million plus miles flown all over the world, um, visiting places and documenting and creating stories. Um, wow. So it's not just about the, the product and the business, but I think, you know, for me, I think anything experiential. So, you know, like as an NFL player and anyone listening who might also um, be an NFL player, it's, it's not just about the paycheck. There is something really magnificent about an experience that is unique and something you've worked hard for and something you can actually appreciate at the same time too. That's a great point. I think some days for me, I forget that we get, that we get paid and we get paid a lot of money to do an, a, 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 a kid's game. Um, it, it's so unique in that aspect. And to be able to work during COVID and, and bring people joy and, and bring people happiness when it was such a dark time, especially for the, for this country. And we were on national TV and we're able to play games and the NFL never missed a game, but also the joy, like for me, just trading jerseys with guys. And you see in our garage, like I, I love them. They're like, they're like my babies, the jerseys, because I, it's a mutual respect between your peers and I'm getting off topic, but, but you're right. There's always something more to it than to paycheck. And you're in four over 4,000 stores, you yeah. know, your product. Does it ever hit you? Like, wow, I'm in this Marshalls. I'm in this TJ Maxx and there's my plates and there's my magazine and there are my cups. 
or birdhouses or planters or bedding or you know there's more than just that i mean we've we've i think we've sold like 50 million units now worldwide which is which is kind of nice no i don't you know i don't i separate myself the person you know from the brand and i think that's it's really important people understand is that at the end of the day it's like business is just business it's not your identity it's not who you are but it's a it's a fun thing to sort of um, use to make a source of income and have an, a creative outlet for things that you're interested in. And so, you know, if I go into a store to just to see what's happening and how things are doing, I get more of a kick just going down the clearance aisle and seeing all of my items marked down significantly. Um, or, uh, you know, or I'll, I'll like, um, you know, when we had our NBC show, for example, for three years on Saturday morning, it always was right before um, usually um, soccer, and and you know soccer fans, they're 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 diehard, you know. And, and this isn't like, just soccer. This is Premier League soccer, the yeah, number one league in the entire world. Everyone watches it in the entire world. Like they love it, and you know, here's my show on at eleven thirty, um, and soccer starts at twelve. But like maybe like online, it's already started. You know, like at eleven o'clock. And it's just fun to look at all these tweets where it's either a mix of like, who the hell is Danny CEO and why is soccer not on too? Um, to like some, a lot of people are writing things like, it's like, oh my gosh, I was, I was going to be forced to watch soccer. And thankfully this show just came on. I'm actually enjoying it. So, so you know, it's, I, I just, I like getting a reaction from people versus um, praise or adoration or anything like that. I think that to me is more interesting in the process you know yeah it's it's admiration in a in a different way uh, it's a it's in a respectful but fun and more probably organic it seems i've got plenty of that over the years as well who the hell is colin thompson and why he's he on why is he on this field right now um you talked about that oh you, you and, read my tweet <laughs> yeah yes dan the real dan's coming out on the on a little bit on the podcast we appreciate it and I'm sure everyone got a, a good laugh and probably didn't even notice it. And they'll have to rewind because that's Danny. He's quick. Um, uh, that NBC TV show you're talking about, <laughs> that NBC TV show you're talking about, that show won an Emmy. It did. Yeah. We also lost three Emmys. Um, and who cares? But that's not like losing a Super Bowl. That's just like, hey, you're how many people were nominated? I mean, there's, I think there's hundreds of, you know, shows in the category or something, but you no, know, trust me, it's, it was an honor and it's, it feels fantastic to win. And, you know, it's something that um, it's nice to have a trophy, you know, that's like, you know, for, from the Academy um, for tele daytime television, but uh, it's, it's not the reason you do a show like that. And I think what people don't realize is that, you know, we created the show, I had a very specific idea about a look and feel for it that was a little bit more expensive to create. But I also was given this platform where I could create a show that'd be on for 52 weeks every single Saturday morning, you know, watched by millions of people every Saturday, where the look and feel and the ideas um, as an executive producer were really truly coming for me and, and I wasn't being told, you know, what to be. So the recognition that this idea that I had to do this show since I was like, maybe 15 years old, you know, would be recognized by my peers and actually win in a category that the likes of like a Martha Stewart have won. Um, that, that meant more than the actual winning or, you know, the, the trophy of the woman. So 
no, that's, that's unbelievable. And maybe give us a deep dive for those that that don't know your business, obviously lifestyle expert, but you're an entrepreneur, you have your hand in a little bit of everything, but take us into when you said, I got a real, I had a real stake in what I was doing instead of, you know, someone else's idea, they were my ideas, you know, as a, as a producer of the show, is that like that for everybody or, you know, give us a deep dive into the business. It's um, basically what I do. I, I consider myself a teacher. So, and, and people come to me to learn about healthy cooking, great design, um, travel tips, um, DIY, crafting, um, decorating, you know, all it's lifestyle, basically anything that goes inside of a home. Um, and anytime you want to leave the home, it's like, this is where we want to inspire and turn people from dreamers about living this way into actual doers. That's my goal as a teacher. But obviously it's not in a classroom. It's done um, in a multi-platform media company, whether it's, you know, directly on television, whether it's through products that we sell through our retailers, whether it's our new partnership with QVC, where we curate products and bring national brands and create this whole new collection around the idea of clean beauty, whether it's books um, and, you know, and magazines also as well. So, and what we're adding now, which is kind of crazy in a post-COVID world, and I will say that, are are special events, actual live events that we're putting together um, for hundreds of people to come together to these summits and special things. But what, what I think, you know, people always want to try to figure out is, it's like, how do you get to this point? And unfortunately, there is no blueprint to get there. And there was never a blueprint for, and I'm just going to, I'm only naming bigger names so people understand, I'm comparing myself whatsoever. But there's no blueprint that's say an Oprah or um, a Martha Stewart or um, I'm trying to think of other like lifestyle people, Gordon Ramsay, you know, where they have these big brands, you think they just got lucky, you know, or someone found them or they just did it. There's a lot of failure that you need to recognize as a valuable learning lesson along the way and why you failed. Because if you don't learn from that and you choose to ignore it, you're masochistic and you're just gonna continue to fail. But you also can't take it personally because it wasn't personal, at least you went for it. But at the same time, when you do succeed, you also can't take it personally and think you're God's gift to the world. It's like, you can be happy for yourself and you can celebrate it, but that success is only gonna last for a very short period of time if you let your guard down. So, but for me, the biggest lessons I can give people is that if you wanna do something creative or your own boss, you wanna create your own business and you wanna create product and you wanna do whatever is interesting to you, at the end of the day, your first priority can't be how much money am I gonna make? Because you're never gonna create a product or something that's gonna be magnetic to other people to wanna come to you and spend their hard-earned money and want to spend the time reading or looking or doing whatever you're making. What people are attracted to is the quality of the product. And so what I mean is, you know, everything that we create, there's a lot of time, energy, and yes, money that goes into making sure that the finished product is the best quality that I can possibly do. And I always tell people, is there anything worse than getting an awful slice of pizza? It's like, but you know, in a town like Cape May or wherever you go, where there's lots of choices, you go, no, 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 you always get pizza from this place because that's a place that really took the time and they didn't go in and say, how much money can I make selling pizza? They said, we were gonna make the best pizza and then people will come. 
And then the reward is that perhaps you are monetizing it to something that's beyond your expectations. You talked about uh, failures. You talked about accepting failure, using it as a tool for success. Dan, you're in your 12th birthday. You founded an organization, Earth 2000. Mm-hmm. A few, few years later, it was the largest teenage activist charity in the country. Environmental activist charity. Environmental activist charity. 12th birthday on your 18th birthday, you guys were the largest. Yeah, talk like me through, through, talk us through that. Through very organically. I mean, my, my early years as a child activist, um, again, that's clearly not, motiv- the motivation wasn't money at all. It was more about this belief that one person can really make a difference. And it was interesting because it was kind of pre-internet. Internet was not, you know, um, a normal f- way of communication. Um, you had access, but maybe people used it like twice a week, really. But, and so what I was able to really harness was this idea that like there were other teenagers around the country who felt like they could actually have a voice and do something very significant beyond just planting trees and picking up trash. So, you know, we were doing things like lawyering up and filing lawsuits. We were to save, you know, endangered forests, lobbying our elected officials for the passage of different types of legislation, whether it was for student rights, when it related to animal rights or you know, sustainability or the environment. And, and it, it took on the tone of a very serious organization. And we achieved a lot. But what I also realized is that, you know, as I was building this organization, and this is what I want people to understand, is that you don't have to take on something like that, but you have to recognize what you're passively learning by accident. As a teenager, I was learning how to start a corporation, how to fundraise, how to create a marketing plan, how to get people's attention, how to manage my time to make sure that I was balancing school, family, you know, activism and everything else I needed to do um, and how to do it where it was exciting and fulfilling at the same time too. And I realized like today, cause I didn't go to college is all of that that I was learning was probably the best six years of business school I could have given myself because the one lesson I learned from creating a nonprofit from scratch and having to create a board of directors and file paperwork, the internal revenue service and do all of this like on my own was that you kind of learn how to be fearless. And that's something you can't teach someone how to be fearless. Cause I think we all have an inner voice in us where it's like, I don't know. I don't think I should take all of the, you know all of the work on this. I don't think it's a good idea. I'm going to fail. No one believes in me. And that voice gets louder and louder and louder. And so you just go, it's going to be easier just not to try. You know, that's the easiest thing for people to do. But when you do something like that, because you're so motivated by the idea of wanting to make good in the world and change in the world, you learn to be fearless. And to this day, there are a million decisions I have to make every single day. And it's done without hesitation. And it's done with complete ownership of that idea and that decision. And I will own it if it works and I will own it if it fails. But I don't, again, take it personally because it's something that I at least owned and I understood and I believed in. Wow, there's a lot to digest there. Fearlessness, ownership. Sounds like you're a part of our team meeting today that Coach Rule was um, conducting. And, then, and, and even for me, I have to do a lot of self-talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, a ton about the fear, the anxiety, 
uh, mental health now we've it's, it's such a discussed topic which is fantastic um of how to get over the fears of certain things and how they're just a roadblock and how now like you said it's become second nature in a way that it's just the things that used to scare me obviously with practice or with opportunity don't anymore something that would scare me though would be on the oprah show and that's something at a young age you were on tell the tell the listeners no, how that came to fruition that was, that was terrifying for me too don't get me wrong i mean i'm 19 years old on the oprah show but like, i didn't have a choice and you weren't a high school graduate at the time no and i had published a book with random house they bought my um kind of like an autobiography that i, I wrote when i was 18 about my years as a childhood activist and the book wasn't selling well and and you know to be very blunt like a, a naive statement is you know you have to go on the oprah show she sells books everyone knows that so, uh, but it's impossible to get booked on the Oprah show. Like it's, it's, it's easier to get into Harvard, like back in the day when she had a daytime talk show. But obviously her influence was massive and is still very massive. But I made it my campaign as an activist. I was like, how hard could it be? So I wrote a letter on a postcard, like thinking like she doesn't have to open an envelope as if she opens her own mail. And, uh, and I thought she'll just turn over the postcard and wrote, you know, dear Oprah, you can challenge me to do anything for whatever charitable cause you believe in, and I will make it work and put my name and phone number. And they called me and said, what do you mean by this? And so they challenged me to raise $30,000 in 30 days all by myself at the age of 19. Couldn't say the Oprah show and it was for Habitat for Humanity. And I had to come up with ideas and ways that any person watching the show could replicate too. So I couldn't go find a rich donor and just ask for money. I had to really think outside the box. So for example, of the 10 ideas that I shared on the show, one of them was I figured out that any shopping mall that has a water fountain, for example, where you throw change into the fountain, they do have to clean it like every month, take the coins out, and then they say they donate to charity. Well, the problem is, is that a lot of charities wouldn't take the coins because there are these buckets of wet, slimy, dirty, you know, coins that you'd have to hand clean and wrap because they, they wouldn't go through a machine that way. And I was able to figure out by calling the U.S. Mint and just asking a lot of questions that there's a division called the mutilated coin division, where their sole purpose is to take on cases like that, where they would pick up the buckets wherever they are, because they're very heavy. They're hundreds of pounds each. I'm sure it's just a normal Panthers workout to lug those around. <laughs> but they pick them up for you. They count them, sort it. And then you have a bank account where they'll just wire the money directly to you. And so what I realized is that I could share, like this is what people can do in your community if you're lucky to find a mall or a place that has change. And I was able to raise like $3,500 just by making two phone calls. So I went on the show just to sort of talk to people about fundraising, where typically what I was seeing would be like teenagers like doing a car wash or people doing a bake sale or whatever. And the thing is you put in all of this, all these resources with the unknown attached to it, and then you end up maybe making some money or a lot of money or no money. And I was trying to go in there and go, here's how you can make $3,500 for sure, if not more. Um, and that, that led to obviously the book doing very well. Um, and I got to write more books after that. And, you know, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a nice platform to talk about charity and to inspire people. But at the same time, it made me realize something that the power of TV had to really spark change with others. And that's where that little nugget got stuck in my head. Like I have to figure out how to get on TV.
not to be famous, but to just be able to reach more people. You've reached millions, if not, and maybe the B word billions with your TV show, with your magazines, right? All the, all the travels throughout the world that you've done, you said over a million miles you and your team have done in traveling and building this magazine and building actually Danny CEO that's been around now for eight years. Is there a place that you've enjoyed to visit the most over the years? Are there a few and then maybe some experiences you've had in those places that make it so wonderful? Yeah. And I won't be cheesy and say, you know, home because that's like, whatever. But um, I, I mean, I'll say personally, I, I like the unknown. And I know a lot of people don't like the unknown or I like feeling not so safe or I feel like or I feel like I'm really like standing out. As, as a place I'm not supposed to be. So like, I would say there are moments in India that were fantastic, whether it was Mumbai, and it was very crowded and intense and you're, all your senses are just on fire from the heat and the smell and the noise and all of that stuff to, you know, being on a fishing boat, you know, in Japan and you're out in the middle of the water and you're harvesting seaweed and learning about like all, how that all happens to, um, you know, in Africa, I was, um, I was going through um, Swaheto and, and there was a, a, an animal medicinal market where it was illegal and there were, you know, hides and horns and bones and it was all for um, like witchcraft and, you know, and for medicine and everything. And there was a moment where I probably would have been shot dead if I actually took a photo. <laughs> but fortunately, someone was able to, give me a heads up, maybe put my phone away. But I just was just, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't documenting it, you know, as a way to like, you know, to stop it. I was just sort of mesmerized by the visual appearance of something that I've just never seen before. But I think the number one thing, actually now I know what it is, because, you know, my job is to produce also, is we shot the Taj Mahal, one of the wonders of the world for the magazine. And I was able to arrange to be at the Taj Mahal for 20 minutes before it opened to the public, which is so much negotiation got that to happen. And, um, and so for 20 minutes, I have my photographer and myself, we get there before it, there's all these people outside trying to get in, we get in, we run in. And then this photographer I'm with, he is just frantic. He's just like, okay, I gotta get this. And I just look at him, I go, you're gonna kill me right now, but we're gonna spend the next minute and we're, we're not gonna work. We're gonna just stare at it as like two people who are at the Taj Mahal. I'm very fortunate to have this opportunity and just let it soak in that you are completely alone and one of the greatest things in the world. And we get to just have it around us where this never happens for anyone. And just like that, the stray dog walks in, sits down in front of us, is staring at the building and then we take the shot and that's what we used. Because it's one of the most beautiful photos we've ever taken. Wow. You should go, Colin. Go to the Taj Mahal. How can I, let's go together. That's that's. Yep. The, I need I need the access that Danny Seal has. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can get that again, but <laughs> I need another eight more years of uh, naturally Danny Seal to make that happen on NBC. All right, so I was going to say advice to entrepreneurs. You've already hit on that a million different times. It sounds like be bold, fearlessness, take chances, live in the moment, right? That's what you just hit the nail on, in my opinion. You know what? We're going to take a deep breath and look this in. I couldn't tell you how many times 
I step on the football field and say thank you and look around and see that you're in the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. And I'm not talking um, because of opportunity or wealth or whatever that may be. I'm talking you are doing something that a very small amount of people have done. You just preference that. Go ahead, Dan. But I also believe that every person is in the 1% of the 1%, depending on what you're passionate about and what you do. And, and it's, there's also people in your inner circle who look at you and just think you're, you know, a rock star. You know, it could be a child. It could be someone you've influenced. It could be some, a teacher who's really, you know, inspired other people. So I don't want people to think it has to be on an NFL field. It has to be on a TV show. It has to be something like that. But I think the most important thing people need to understand is my mantra is it's not about you. It's about them. And I think that applies really well for you where you're on, you're on a, on a football field and you're on a team and you have one objective and you're not thinking, what am I getting out of this? How do I stand out? How do I get everyone's attention? How do I, you know, have my, you know, moment where they're cheering my name and, and it's, and at the end of the day, it's not even about the team. It's really about the fans and what they're getting out of it. And that is such an important thing to learn because when I'm, whatever I'm creating, it's always about like, what, what is she? I always think, what is she going to learn from this? And I think that is, that's, that's something that I, I, if anyone is ever going to create anything, a small business, write a book, whatever, you have to have that in your mindset is that you're just a vessel to get facts and figures and creativity through to a finished product. I love it. Naturally, Danny CEO, just dropping wisdom bombs all over not for long media, which we love. And this has been, it's been fantastic so far. I have a few more questions and we'll wrap things up. Uh, well, what are you up to now, Dan? I know you're in so many different things. I don't want to speak for anything that doesn't exist anymore that you're not doing because I can't keep track of all of it. So what are you up to now? Um, I mean, QVC is, is a new um, partnership. I've always been fascinated by television shopping. And um, as we're pivoting towards, obviously, this isn't like groundbreaking news towards digital you know, e-commerce. Um, I just saw a huge customer base or an audience where I could really help them understand the importance of clean products for personal care. So, you know, skincare products, sunscreen, all those kinds of things. So that's been an interesting experience because I'm also out of my comfort zone where I'm now creating digital content. And, you know, I'm used to having someone do the sound, the lighting, the camera, the prepping, the propping, the producing. Like there's usually a team, like our show takes about 80 people to create a a show. And then I'm like, oh, it's just me. Or like maybe someone else could be helping. (laughs) So that's kind of new, but it's... um, it's, You've done some stuff with... You've done some stuff with Drew Barrymore lately as well. Drew is great, but like, um, you know, she's got a daytime talk show. So that's what I miss is like having a crew. So it's, but it's nice to like actually just show up on set and like and do things together. And we have just, just the best time. So we're cooking and doing great giveaways. And I'm excited about her second season because there'll be a live audience. Um, it's hard to be enthusiastic and happy to in a studio with no audience. <laughs> it's very hard. It's like, well, I guess you would know. You would know having no one That's in the That's a great game. question. Yeah. We, we played uh, the Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders, our first game. I was inactive. I was on the sideline on the roster, but was not dressed for the game. Football stat. 
53 players are active on the roster technically, and then 46 dress on game day. So we go out against the Raiders and literally there is nobody in the stands. And it was fun to talk about during training camp. It was fun to talk about during the preseason last year or the lack thereof. But until there's nobody there and the lights go bright, they're the lights are the same brightness, right? I'm sure the lights for you are the same brightness, but there's no emotion. There's no feedback. It, it was a new, new game. It was a new version. Momentum wasn't the same. And I'm sure you guys get that momentum and that high and that adrenaline of a crowd being there. It was very unique. It's weird. It's totally weird not to have an audience. That's Definitely. The, the only way to describe it, especially when you're doing, I did a giveaway show on my birthday <clears throat> and I'm giving away like diamonds and gift certificates and, you know, all these crazy things. And normally with an audience there, they're like crying or screaming and they're so happy. And that's what I love is that this spontaneous joy. And then suddenly you just see a wall of people zooming in from home with their sound off, just going, <laughs> It's weird. And, and you know what? I, I give everyone credit because you know what? They would love to be in that seat in front of you guys too, but people are still smiling. You're still giving love and spreading joy. And you know, that's such a cool thing. What we'll do at not for long media is we will pay for three subscriptions to Danny's magazine or let's say five. Let's just make it five. We're going to pay for, uh -oh. yeah. Hey, not for long media. We're going to pay for five subscriptions. So when we post the Danny CEO uh, podcast, we always post on our Instagram, but just tag me, Colin Thompson, 86 at Danny CEO or at Danny CEO mag, one or the other, you'll find Danny can't miss him on, on Instagram. He's got the blue check mark and uh, just tag us and say, I'd love a free subscription to Danny CEO and I'll, I'll take care of it. Not for long media. We'll get you subscribed. And, and get you following what Danny's doing because it's unreal stuff. Lifetime, I mean, lifestyle expert, but I've learned a bunch of new healthy recipes from Dan. So maybe I'll be running a little faster on the field this year. Lord knows I need it uh, and getting a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger. So uh, anything for us, Dan, before we go, how about this? Can you please, the funny joke in our family and Dan's been a part of our family now for a couple of years. Uh, we are so lucky to have him. is, I'll never forget this. We're sitting out. We're on a balcony, we're hanging out, and someone screams upstairs and says, Is that Danny CEO up there? Oh, it's it's you know what? It's it's always nice to meet a fan. Yep. And it was unique though, because we were so far away, and it was Dan, it is Danny, and and they asked for something. Tell me something. And it hit me on the head. I'm like, wow, man, Dan's no different than a pro athlete or whatever. Like, do a trick for me, do whatever. And what was the thing you said, Dan? Give us the pizza recipe that we use on the green egg and that we love. Shout out the green egg, by the way. Unbelievable product that we love to use here at Not For Long Media. Uh, hashtag not an ad. Hashtag not an ad. <laughs> but no free ads, but free ads. Um, it's, it's my yogurt dough pizza. Two parts Greek-style yogurt, one part self-rising flour. You mix it together, you have instant pizza dough that's protein rich, calcium, and perfect to use on the barbecue, in the oven, or at the air fryer. I've just discovered it's great in that too. Wow, that's a big time. That's a you know, it's a big time recipe, folks. It's simple, it is so easy, and it is so freaking good. And people think you're crazy. I'm telling you, it's crispy, it tastes the same than regular pizza dough, and it's just as healthy, obviously healthier. Um I know your family's a huge fan of it. Huge fan. So naturally, Danny CEO, eight years, man. Congratulations. And thank Always you so much. 
Colin Thompson. <laughs> Always Colin, unorganically Colin Thompson. That's that's the spinoff publication. Always Colin Thompson. <laughs> that's right. Always Colin Thompson is right. Danny, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, Colin. Good luck the training and let's go Panthers. Keep on pounding. Keep pounding. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Have a good day, man. Bye, Colin. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed the Naturally Danny CEO interview. Uh, just shared a wealth of knowledge of a few different things. Again, something different, something fun. Danny is super smart, super funny, uh, and just a brilliant guy. And again, I want to shout out our sponsors one more time, Wealth Advisory Services. Check them out, Paul and Dave. The original Fudge Kitchen, fudgekitchens.com, ships and fudge across the country. And then who do we got? Fudge Kitchen, Wealth Advisory Services, and our friends over at Cape May Brewing Company, Ryan Krill and his team at Cape May Brew do a fantastic job. They have beer for everybody. Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, you can buy it. I want to finish uh, this podcast with two people that are near and dear to me and Cindy, and that's Angie and George who are getting married. They uh, have uh, been best friends of ours now. We talked about it for almost 10 years, and we were at their engagement party this weekend, and I got to, we got to, Cindy and I got to, uh, meet their family, their friends. Um, and it, we, we just feel so included and so loved and so blessed. And uh, we love you guys. We are so excited for you. And we cannot wait for the wedding this fall. What a party that's going to be. But two great human beings uh, that, are, are, that are just great friends and great people, great humans uh, that do great things for, for our country. So shout out to Angie and George. Awesome party this weekend at George's uncle's house there and then the troublemakers over there at the party. So uh, we had a great time and uh, appreciate you guys listening to not for long media. Again, I'm your host, Colin Thompson. I hope you guys enjoyed episode 16 with naturally Danny Seal. We don't think it fancy.